Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Entertainment Now podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Ian. As always, if you're watching this on YouTube, of course, all of our episodes are always up on YouTube, even though like very few plays, but whatever. It, it doesn't really take me much to do the video, so I just kind of slap an intro and an outro on there and toss it up on YouTube. I don't really think all that much about it. But anyway, if you're watching this on YouTube, give us the old thumbs up, drop a comment down below, subscribe to the channel. All yep. the fun stuff, I guess. But uh, if you're listening to us on, if you listen to the podcast, which is kind of, I guess, the the main format yeah, for the doing? show. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review on your podcatcher, whatever you listen to the show on. And hopefully you enjoy what we talk about because we're just a couple of guys just rambling on about nonsense most of the time. But And we're at good we tried, at it. At least we try to stick to a topic. Right. I feel like when we did life in general, it was like there was a lot of times we didn't get to a topic at all during the episode. Yeah. No, we <laughs> least, need to keep these shorter. <laughs> well, the last one was uh, it was a couple episodes ago. It was like pushing an hour or so. Oh wow! <laughs> Which you know the channel originally we were like, yeah, we'll keep it like thirty-five minutes. Like thirty right. to thirty-five minutes is good. And then like most of our episodes are about forty-five, pushing fifty, whatever. Just like so, it's essentially like the podcast. The old I mean, one. The old one. We just yeah. we just don't talk about politics because I'm I got tired of talking about that bullshit. Yeah. And no one wants to listen to that shit anymore anyway. Everyone's fucking tired of it. You turn right. on the news, it's just a bunch of garbage. Like Republicans suck, Democrats suck, everyone sucks. I'll just leave it at that. I don't. I don't <laughs> suck. My opinions might suck, but I don't <laughs> Well, um, so what else is going on, Ian? <laughs> Get away <sighs> from that topic. Um. So, did you watch the Grammys at all? No. So, the Grammys were back like beginning of February, beginning of the month. And uh, to be completely honest, like I, I watched the Grammys last year because I felt like there was some artists and bands that got nominated that I wanted to see. I wanted to see perform. Like mainly, what I watch it for is the performances. I haven't right. given a shit about the Grammy Awards themselves since in a very long time since 1989 i would say the no like early 2000s i think is when i like really stopped paying attention like i don't give a shit who wins album of the year anymore you know right. it used to be a big deal but i don't think it really is anymore and it hasn't been yeah. for for several decades but i mainly watch over the for the performances mm -hmm. i uh i wasn't really all that interested in anyone that was performing this year but there's a lot of controversy around it though yeah. uh well sam smith's performance anyway which i thought it was really funny because so sam smith and kim petrus i think is how you say the last name performed uh, their song mm -hmm. do you know what song they performed no i just know he was dressed in a devil suit net. okay well there's a reason for it there's a reason for the, it because uh, the name of the song is unholy like <laughs> so there's this whole like devil theme like they were they had strippers on stage with them mm -hmm. uh sam smith was wearing horns have you seen sam smith perform before uh no sam smith is a very interesting character i'm not a fan of his music at the all the only thing i've but... ever seen of him other than now i've seen pictures of him all over the place because of what yeah. happened at the grammys was the music video they did for his song did he do the song for specter i think so yeah yeah, that was it. I saw that video. Yeah. Um, and I can see he's had a healthy diet since then. Other than that, I don't, <laughs> don't fat shame people. Yeah, I'm that's not. Hey, nice. not, hey, I have a healthy diet in the same way. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, 
people were outraged over the satanic theme of the song, but that was like, or I should say of the performance, but that's kind of the whole theme of the song. That was the whole point of it was that it was all a performance. It was all part of that song. Some, some people were outraged over the performance and then other people were upset that Sam Smith, who is an openly queer person would put himself in that situation to open himself up to that kind of controversy and that kind of attacks from the anti LGBT community. I would so say what you're saying this is, is the is best way to put it. He, he managed to piss everybody off. Kind of, kind of. Yes. Oh my God. And I would say like, and I, on both sides of that, there are very, 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 very small minorities of people. Right. Like well, it's just, just the vocal ones. They're just the vocal ones. Yes. So yeah, people were outraged because of the performance. Other people were like, Sam Smith, you should have known better than to put yourself in that situation. You know, that, well, that's like saying don't don't go to a gay pride rally because then you might be putting yourself in a position. You know, I, to me, that's that. It, it wasn't. It, I don't think argument. I think it's a shitty argument side. too. But I think though, like their point is like the Grammys, which is this. You know, to be completely honest, it's an old white people kind of show. You're gonna do that performance I thought, I thought there. It, I, I thought where it, better. it was better than that now, but I guess not. The Grammys? No, the fucking yeah. Grammys are garbage, man. It's like nobody watches it. It's right. basically old white people that watch the Grammys. Yeah. Um, you know, they whereas must be really disappointed if that's the case, because I mean, <laughs> I mean, look look at the people that they pick for and, and and nominate for their awards every year. You know, it's yeah, but I mean, it seems like. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't watch it. I generally don't watch it. Yeah. But it seems like every year, I mean, the, I mean, wasn't Lady Gaga a big winner one year? And I mean, I guess Taylor Swift probably won one year. That would probably have made the, the old white people ha- uh, happy. But yeah, you know, Lady Gaga is not hardly you know, um, conservative. American I feel like, material. but it's not like it's not like the. There's not a whole lot like as far as like pop music goes you know those are the people that are always gonna win those awards right. um you know i was really surprised that harry styles like people were shocked that harry styles beat beyonce for album of the year i listened to both of them i'm not a huge fan of either one of them right. i would say that beyonce's album is a better album than harry styles album but mm. harry's house is an okay album yeah but um, here's the thing didn't beyonce but, win like 10 other fucking grammys this year yeah, you know, the, so she's the most decorated uh, Grammy Award winner in Grammy history. But the funny okay. thing is, a vast majority of her albums are outside of the top four, like big albums or big uh, categories. But right. she, she's really good at, at winning like the smaller categories. Which fuck it, man! If you're winning Grammys, that's that's Especially good on you. Yeah, I don't want more than anybody else. You know. Yeah, I don't want to put anyone down. Uh, the person that she beat was like. Uh, I don't remember who it was. It was like uh, some like uh, like classical music composer. Oh. He does like movie scores and things like that. That's who she beat. So it's not like she beat like Michael Jackson or something like that right. for, for number one. But oh. I think, like I I said, think if, if, you got, if you've got one Grammy, that's a whole lot more than me. So I can't really bitch and complain right. about it. But I just thought I was really surprised that Harry Styles won that that award over over Beyonce. Right. I know there was a lot of hubbub about that too, but I, you know, to me, it doesn't. I don't care. It's not. I mean, because the vast majority of the music that wins awards, I don't listen to, and any of the awards that I'm going to be interested in are shown off camera anyway. Yeah, they they occur what before the show, you know. And that's why, like, really, to be honest, like the last 
like five years, I'm more likely to watch the American Music Awards mm-hmm. than the Grammys. Because at least for like the rock categories, I feel like the American Music Awards gets or has a better like idea of what the pulse of current music is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Grammys, when you look at like who is nominated uh, for the rock categories. Now this year, I thought they did an okay job better than they had been the last couple of years. But like, uh, who was it? Like Casey Musgraves was nominated for like one of the big rock categories this year. I'm like, she's not even fucking, she's pop music. It's not rock. She doesn't do rock at all. And that's not even Mm -hmm. like, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, uh, kind of pop rock, you know, where at least her music is, or, or or based in rock. Casey Musgraves is not a rock artist. Um, Does she have a guitar what, in one of her songs? And maybe that's why they. I don't. Oh, there's, a, there's an electric guitar. <laughs> there, there's there's a guitar. I was trying to look and see what who was uh, nominated for the. Uh, there's pop. Let me roll down. Go down to rock. Oh, I'm sorry, Brandy Carlisle. That's who I was thinking. Not Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. It's Brandy Carlisle, mm-hmm. who is I don't think any relation relation to um, Belinda uh, Belinda Carlisle. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brandy Carlisle was the person I was like, sorry, Casey Musgraves fans out there. I think she does. Casey Musgraves, I think, does do like mm. poppy, rocky kind of stuff, but Brandy Carlisle does not. But yeah, she beat out Brian Adams. I mean, come on. Brian Adams put out an album this year? I guess so. Apparently, oh, so did Beck. This is best yeah. rock performance. Uh, the Black Keys, the black, new Black Keys album was pretty good. I'm not a Black yeah, Keys no, fan I, at all, though. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but the few songs I've heard off of it are pretty good. Yeah. Um, Turnstile, which Turnstile is really good. If you haven't listened to Turnstile, definitely check them out. Uh, I was really surprised that they even got nominated, but you know their their new album was pretty good. Uh, Ozzy was nominated. Page number nine. Four nominations, actually. Yeah, yeah. He, he was nominated for the, well, in best rock performance, which Randy Carlisle won. Patient number nine, the song was nominated, which I think is the best song off of patient number nine. But um, I, I, I think I don't think so. But it's a great song. I'm not going to yeah. argue that. that but point. like I said, that that's who's nominated for best rock performance: Brandy Carlisle, Brian Adams, Beck, The Black Keys, Idols, Ozzy, and Turnstile. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting selection, I would think, for a right. rock category for rock music that came out last year. Especially uh, since there was a lot more rock that was released last year than just that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then as far as like, so best metal performance, Ozzy won for Degradation Rules, which I thought was a really good song with, with Tony Iommi. Yep. Uh, Ghost was nominated for Call Me Little Sunshine, which Imperial was a fantastic album. Uh, Megadeth was nominated, which I'm not a Megadeth fan at all, but I know a lot of people love the new Megadeth album that came out last year. I was not impressed with it, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, Muse was nominated, which... I think I listened to some of the song, some of the stuff off the new Muse album. I'm not a Muse fan either. And then Turnstile was nominated for Blackout. Like I said, Turnstile, if you haven't listened to Turnstile, check them out. That was your best metal performance. (laughs) Which Turnstile is not metal. Muse is not metal. Uh, Arguably, Ozzy's not. Yeah, arguably, Ozzy's not metal either. It's like hard rock for sure. Hard rock, yeah, which, yeah. So. Yeah, this uh, interesting selections there. Uh, best rock song, Brandy Carlisle won for Broken Horses. They beat out Red Hot Chili Peppers, Turnstile, The War on Drugs, which War on Drugs is really fantastic also, and uh, Ozzy, again, they beat them. So uh, Ozzy did win for best rock album for Patient Number 9. So he won, oh, three, he won three of the four Grammys then, right? He won best rock album. Best song. And, 
and best metal performance. That was it. Oh, best song didn't win. Best rock performance, he got beat out, and then, and then best rock song, he was beat by Brandy Carlisle. Gotcha. Okay. So both of those, he was beat by Brandy Carlisle hmm. for uh, Broken Horses. Hmm. But yeah, he won for best rock album over oh. the Black Keys. Dropout Boogie. Like I said, I Let's that was an try. okay album. I'm not. A, I'm not a. Black Keys I, kind of fan. I, I'm probably more of a Black Keys fan than you are. I actually I went and saw him at in yeah. the in concert, but um, I really have kind of just haven't. They haven't been in my atmosphere, my stratosphere in a long time. Yeah, in a while. But I did check out a couple songs off the new album, and I I, I liked what I heard. I just never yeah. got around to listen to the whole thing. Uh, Elvis Costello was nominated for the Boy Named F, which I haven't listened to it, but I heard some good reviews on uh, it. That's another one I listened to a few tracks off of. It is really good. At least what I um, heard is really good. Idols was nominated for Crawler, which I thought was a pretty good album. Uh, Spoon was nominated for Lucifer on the Sofa. Never heard of it. Didn't I? Don't even know who they are. And then Machine Gun Kelly was nominated for Mainstream Sellout. So Spoon isn't like Spoon from the nineties. No. Oh, that is that is yeah. You're right. That was a terrible album. I've got that on vinyl. Terrible album. Oh, I haven't listened. I don't think I've ever listened to Spoon other than maybe they had a couple hits in the nineties. I forgot about them. I did listen to that when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was not a fan of Lucifer on the sofa. I thought it was a bad album, but mm. that's, that's interesting. I completely forgot about them all together, but uh, yeah. So some of those selections for the rock stuff, I thought was really kind of interesting, but uh, you know, Brandy Carlisle, I don't think belongs in that category mm. at all. I think very, very, very loose definition of rock. If you're fitting Brandy Carlisle, in well, those categories, but that's what the, that's like I said. That's the issue I have with the Grammys. Though, I was going to say where, that's that's why I jokingly mentioned 1989. Yeah, you know, um, if if you've never watched this channel before, if you've never watched any of our videos, I'm a huge Jethro Tull fan. But they won Best Heavy Metal Rock Album in 1989 against Metallica. Come yeah. on, yeah. Somebody did was not 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 did not have their finger on the pulse of anything for that. Yeah, and I feel like with like just looking at the alternative category, I feel like the Grammys kind of went off of hype because the Wet Legs debut album from last year got a shitload of hype. I thought at best it was an okay album though. It was, I don't know. And they won for uh, best alternative uh, music album and for best uh, alternative music performance. So mm-hmm. they won for the song and for the album. They cleared. The uh the alternative categories. Who won which, best uh, wonky pop album? Yeah, best wonky. That's Ian's favorite category now. It, wonky it is pop. Now, yeah, wonky pop. I don't even know what it means, but I love it. <laughs> did Did we ever look up to see what kind of bands fit into the wonky I, pop no, category? I never, did. I never did. It's probably nothing that uh, probably nothing I've ever heard of before. But anyway, as far as like award shows go, you know, I. I don't have a problem with the the performance, like what Sam Smith did in there. I don't really care. It's kind of it's funny you got performances like that, but I wonder if these same people were complaining about uh, Madonna rolling around on the MTV Awards oh, yeah, uh, they, Music Awards stage they, they, half naked back in 1985 or whatever that was. Well, well, back then you didn't have the internet, so you had basically your Kenneth Copeland's, your Billy Graham's, who talked about it on their Sunday. Uh, evangelical. Shows. Well, no one listened so, to them, though. Well, I don't. That, but, I was, yeah. Um, or the Seven Hundred Club. Pat Robertson probably had a big thing about yeah. it uh, back then. Uh, but now it's on the internet, so everything, everything's yeah. you know, exaggerated to the nth degree. 
when yeah. it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but I just did, think like, did, did Ghost perform? No. Oh, okay. Because no. I was gonna say, if Ghost performed, if they would have performed, I would have watched. Well, Sam Smith would have been. There were wouldn't even have been talking about Sam Smith. Maybe, <laughs> you know? I think it was. I think a lot. Of, like, had it been really anyone else, if a straight white straight. man gets up there and performs like that, no one gives a shit. No one says anything about it. Yeah. It's just an opportunity for Peter, someone to um, attack Sam Smith because he because right. he's LGBT. Yeah. Because he's openly queer, so whatever. I mean, it's it's fucking stupid. Right. It's another reason why I think the Grammys are fucking garbage. And I remember it's funny. I was just reading an article, an interview with uh, Eminem. I think it was before. Uh, it might have been before he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year, and they asked him about the Grammys, and he said even in that he said right in that interview that. You know, he he said he'd never go to the Grammys ever again. He hasn't been to the Grammys in years. He doesn't even watch it. Doesn't pay any attention to it because it's it's irrelevant, and it has Clear. been for a long time. Because at one point, at one point in time, man, if you were the you know Grammy album of the year, like that was big. You know, it was huge. Your sales would skyrocket. You'd go into, you'd walk into the record store, and they'd have the a hype sticker on that album in the store. You know that they were the album of the year or whatever, and you know it was a big thing. And now it's like, and for the longest time, it's just no one, no one cares. Right. Um, you know, it's probably one of the least popular music award shows now. You know, people are going to watch the MTV Music Awards. They're going to watch the uh, you know American Music Awards over anything that the Grammys are doing. I, I kind of feel that way about all the the award shows, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. The Oscars are almost as bad. You know, Best Picture is always a movie that no one's ever fucking seen before. Or That's not always true. It's not. I mean, it's kind of always true. The artist, nobody saw that movie before it won, won an Oscar, won Best Picture. No one ever saw it. Um, and I worked, at, I, and I can tell you, I worked at the video store. No one even rented that, that movie until it won a, a fucking Oscar. Yeah. So oh, which one, which movie? The artist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that's probably that's true of actually all the Oscar best pictures uh, the whole time I worked at the video store. Yeah, every single one of them. Not the, the, you couldn't give them away until they won best picture. And half of the time when they came back after that, they're like, "Oh, that wasn't good." Like nobody liked yeah. the the artist. I actually did like the artist, uh, but it's a silent film. Yeah. But it's if you a look at like film about a silent film, it's you know. Yeah, I think if you look at the last several years, though, yeah, you, I, the last several years, I don't think have been all that fantastic. Who won it uh, last year was so twenty. So last year was Coda, one. I don't even know which, what that is. Which I don't remember seeing anything that was up for. Uh, I I don't, I don't think I saw any of the stuff that was up against. I never saw any of these movies that uh, I, I don't even know what it is, but. Back a couple of years before that, you had Green Book. 2018, I think, was a great category. You had Green Book, Black Panther, uh, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, A Star is Born, Vice. All those were good movies. Did uh, they win Best Picture? I'm talking about Best Picture. Yeah, Green, like Bo- Green, Green, Green Book won for Best Picture. Okay. This is just Best Picture I'm talking about. Before that, the year before that was The Shape of Water, which was a weird fucking movie. I never watched it. I uh, don't dark- want to- yeah, it, oh. but it beat but it beat Darkest Hour. It beat Dunkirk. It beat Get Out. The Post. It beat all those movies. Wow. I'm actually surprised Get Out was in that category. 
Yeah, uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri was also in that too, which was an yeah. okay movie. Yeah. We actually reviewed it on the I know we did. old Entertainment Now. Yeah, podcast. I know we did. Uh, yeah. 2016 was a good year. Moonlight won, even though Moonlight was another kind of weird yeah. winner. I, I wouldn't have picked it over some of the other stuff that was on there. Hacksaw Ridge, uh, Hidden Figures, La La Land, which I was really surprised to beat La La Land. Manchester by the Sea, I thought was a good movie also. The year before that, Spotlight won. Spotlight was an incredible fucking movie. Is that the one about the... Uh, um, yeah, where they the broke... Abuse? Yeah, they broke the... the uh, priest abuse? Yeah, the priest yeah. abuse in, in Boston. Yeah. But that was up against uh, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road, which I don't, I don't think I ever saw the whole movie. Oh, I, I did. I liked it. I thought it was a great movie. I don't know uh, if it's best picture material. Yeah, but it, it was nominated. And then it also beat The Revenant, which that was an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the year, no, 2014, the year before that, Birdman won, which yeah. I, Birdman was okay. It was weird, though. It was another one. Nobody wanted, no one wanted to, even knew that movie existed until it won Best Picture. And then yeah. all of a sudden. I don't know. I, I mean, I saw it before it was nominated, but because yeah. before, like, me, there for like several years, me and I would watch a bunch of movies, but that yeah. beat out American Sniper, which I did not like American Sniper, even no. though. Uh, it was it was, uh, it was a propaganda film. Yeah, it, it really was. Uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, which was a good movie. Yeah, uh, Imitation like Game. Imitation Game was a good movie. Salma was a good movie. The Theory of Everything was an incredible movie. Yeah. Uh, so it really beat out some really tough competition that year. But the year before that, Twelve Years a Slave won, which I think is one of the best movies of the last twenty five years. Definitely, that definitely would have been, and I think that yeah, that one it was probably the exception to what I've been talking about because yeah. that was just that had a lot of hype. Yeah, but you look at that category that year as Twelve Years a Slave, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, which was a good movie too. Gravity, Her, Nebraska, The Wolf of Wall Street, like a bunch of great fucking movies right. came out that year, and they're all nominated. The year before that, Argo won, which Argo is another great movie too. Yeah. But it was also another movie that that just didn't. No one wanted, cared. It was, it, you, like I said, it was always on the shelf, and then all of a sudden it won Best Picture, and then it wasn't on the shelf anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's like, what's feeding what? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of the, the impression I was getting from a lot of those movies. Yeah. With maybe Twelve Years of Slave being the exception. I was happy to see Argo win that year because I thought, like I said, I thought it was a really good movie. I really thought Silver Linings Playbook was was going to win that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty was also nominated, which is a terrible title for a movie because it's not. Uh, so I I used to work. So the law firm I worked for in Nashville, the uh, he the the attorney I worked for is a like thirty year long Navy man. He was in the Navy for a long time, and uh, when that movie came out, he he even talked about it. he's like it's dumb because it's not zero dark 30 it's o dark 30 like no. they got the fucking title of the, of the movie wrong but o right. dark 30 is not i guess it doesn't ring as well as zero dark 30 does wasn't that the movie about the killing osama bin laden yes oh what is yeah. what time they got up have to do with anything yeah but that's a like that's what the phrase is the phrase is o dark 30 not right. zero dark 30 but... uh, i never saw it but it just it smacks of uh it, it, uh, yeah, propaganda. it was, it, it, I mean, it, it is, but Argo also beat out Les Mis. Uh, it beat out Lincoln. Lincoln's a fantastic fucking oh, movie. That's Lincoln's why I was probably, really, yeah, that's probably in my like top 20 of all of films of all time. Yeah. That's why I was really like, even though Argo was a really good movie, there's like several movies. I was really surprised to see it went, uh, beat. 
And then, like you said, the artist won the year before that. I think the artist won just because it was kind of a weak year, I think, for movies. Maybe. Because it was was up against... I would say 90% of the people who rented it who brought it back said they hated it. Yeah. It was up against The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Help, which I guess The Help was a good movie. I love The Help. It's also in my top 20. Uh, Hugo... Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, which I'm surprised Moneyball was nominated, even though Moneyball was a good movie. Uh, yeah. Sports movies that, tend to not be. Even I, though it's not really a sports about... movie. It's not really a sports movie. It's more of like a uh, Jerry Maguire type of sports movie. It's financial side of sports. Yeah. And but... it's also a, a lot about like the relationships in the people, between the people and not really a movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, it was also up against the Tree of Life and War Horse, which... Well, Tree of Life was garbage. Yeah. What was the one you mentioned before Moneyball? Midnight in Paris. Oh, that's another one. I like I like that movie a lot, but I don't I don't even know how it got on that list. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had a very limited release in the theaters, and I can tell you it wasn't it did not rent even after you know any hype it might have gotten from Oscars. I know it didn't win, but yeah, that movie never rented. I liked it, but it was definitely not a oscar worthy movie yeah. if you ask me i i think had they released the artist the year before or the year after it doesn't win it yeah. doesn't win unless it's released in 2011 I mean, you look at 2010 the king's speech one which oh, I, I, don't, I don't think there's i don't think there was anything that was going to beat the king's speech that year i i actually like that movie a lot uh, i don't know uh, top 20 but it's 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 high up it's there, fantastic right? movie yeah. uh 127 hours the uh, Black Swan, The Fighter, which The Fighter was really good. Inception was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kids Are All Right is a good movie. The Social Network was, I think, was a really good movie. I was really surprised it was nominated. Uh, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. Those were all really good movies. Mm-hmm. So it was a tough competition. Uh, but like yeah. I said, The King's Speech was going to win. I don't think there, there was no surprise, at least for me, going into uh, that, that year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's so. I guess to shorten up that last twenty minute conversation we just had, the Oscar the Oscars are really kind of hit or miss when it comes to the right. uh, that that big category. Well, and it, what started that? It just the award shows just to me just smack of you know a bunch of people patting themselves on the back for shit. exactly just, exactly. You know, it doesn't. It's not like a a, a world championship sports thing where you know like a Super Bowl or a World Series where there's it's not a foregone conclusion. It's not about how much money something made or how popular it is. The the people actually had to like, you know, you know what I mean? I think that I'm trying to make a distinction between something that I know a lot about and something I know very little about. Yeah. But, you know. Well, there's I, always with sports, there's always a clear winner, right? Right. Um uh, with anything arts related whether it be music movies whatever subjective there's it's so subjective yeah. um and we just talked about this on the vinyl then not too long ago that like you know anything like that there's w- w- that's so subjective it's there's always going to be a lot of questioning right um, because everyone you can take 10 people and 10 people are gonna pick 10 different things as right. the, as their favorite yeah there's there's very little consensus right so and I and as far as like watching the award shows, as far as I'm concerned, and I didn't even watch them when they were when it was on, but I wouldn't I will not watch any award shows that show that is not hosted by Ricky Ricky Gervais. 
Have you watched his his last the last one he did? I think it was for the it might have been the Emmys. No, uh uh-uh. He roasts everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like brutal. Chris Rock can't do that though. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> well, I mean, this this was obviously a slightly different time because it's like several years ago. But... Oh no, no. The one he just did this year, he even made a he made a joke about that. Who? Chris Rock? No, no, no. Ricky Gervais. Oh. I didn't know he I thought he's done doing the show. The... No, he, he just did, or maybe it wasn't him. Somebody I'm pretty sure it was Ricky Gervais just did a word show earlier this year and made a joke about the whole Chris Rock Will Smith thing. Yeah. Maybe he made it on another show like an interview or something. No, it was definitely an award show. Oh, okay. Or it wasn't him. But equally, you're right. It's like, but it was a different time. But the fact is, is that he doesn't like go after individuals that way. If you've watched him, he's like, he calls out like Leonardo DiCaprio for dating young women. Yeah. And unless Leonardo DiCaprio wants to go up there and punch him for that. You know, he calls out, he called out the people who, you know, were okay with Harvey Weinstein for decades, you know. It's not funny, but it it was funny the way he presented it. Yeah. But it was funny more so because of how the audience reacted to not by not laughing. Yeah. And then you could see the looks on their faces like, what the hell is he doing? And I loved it. I loved it. Because he was calling out legitimate bullshit. He's like, hey, he's your guy. You don't, don't boo me. He's your guy. And, you know, he was absolutely right, you know. Yeah, maybe it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's I, can, I can I can see that conversation being had though because yes, Ricky Gervais went. I mean that that theoretically could have been a career-ending monologue, in in lesser hands. Yeah, giving that exact same monologue that would have ended their career. I was, I'm actually surprised it didn't end his career. It probably no. ended his career as far as Hollywood goes, but he's got a career in England and he's richer yeah. than shit, so he doesn't yeah. care. But it doesn't matter. No, but but uh, I don't know what what. That's not what we came to talk about today. Now that we've spent, I don't know, thirty minutes talking yeah. about other yeah. shit. <laughs> does does streaming help or hurt the movie industry? So it's interesting. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it does both. It no, does it, both. It, it really it's does. It's interesting because I, I think movie streaming has had largely an opposite effect on its industry that music streaming has had on its industry. Mm. I think music streaming has almost decimated. I mean, it has decimated the music industry where I don't think, huh? Almost. I mean, it it has, I mean, the streaming is why artists don't make money off music. Right. Right. Uh, Streaming. To a certain aspect is why you're paying so much for fucking concert tickets right now. Right. Because, you know, musicians are just trying to survive, you know, where if you're selling out a huge uh, stadium 25 years ago, you could get away with charging, you know, $25 a ticket. Now, now you've got to charge, you know, $125 a ticket or $225 a ticket just to kind of just to make money off of your tour. Now, granted, you know, I think concerts nowadays are probably bigger and more elaborate than they were 25 years ago. There's probably more uh, behind the scenes people that are involved that uh, have to get a cut of that than what there was, you know, a couple of decades ago. And I'm, I'm sure that probably plays a role in it also. But 
Music street. It would depend on the artist too. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, it depends on the venue. Also, you know, I'm, right. there's there's a couple of concerts I'm going to this year that, you know, I only paid you know thirty, thirty five, forty bucks for. Yeah. Um, well, the one the ghost, you paid for lawn forty dollars. Back in nineteen ninety seven, yeah. we paid twelve dollars for lawn for just yeah. Tall, yeah. You know? But you know. That was, yeah. That was and Ghost was a bigger years. Ghost is a bigger band. And if oh, I yeah, wanted, by far. if I wanted to sit in the back of the pavilion, it was going to be sixty five dollars. I think a right. seat. If I wanted to sit closer towards the front, it was you know eighty eighty dollars plus. Oh. Um, well, I for, for Alice at Pine Knob, I had. I mean, they were middle, closer like closer to the front than middle, but close to the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and those were like 125. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, so you there, there are still decent price tickets out there. And then you've got, you know, Blink 182 that's charging. <laughs> I'm almost afraid to say what I paid for those fucking tickets. Uh-oh. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. It was a but lot. That, but Blink is like essentially like your favorite band or second favorite band. Yeah, yeah, and I've never been able to see the original lineup or the it's not the original lineup, but the most popular version of Blink-22 because they broke up in 2012, 2013. Well, like we were there in 99. Yeah, yeah. And we were, we heard them playing. Well, we, we also heard Spring, Her- Spring Hill Jack playing along with them. Yes. <laughs> Spring, Hill Jack, Spring Hill Jack being drunken on, on a side stage, right. making fun of Blink playing on the main stage. That's right. what we watched, which is yeah. great because it's, you know, to be honest, you know, Spring Hill Jack is a, it was a great performance that, yeah. you know, it was a great day. And that was probably one of the, I thought one of the better performances we saw at the Warped Tour that year. Um, and, uh, you know, they're not a band I would ever get to see again. So, right. Cause they don't exist anymore. They do. They do. They don't tour oh, right. very, they don't, they don't play very many, uh, shows and a couple of their, uh, like their trumpet player is now deceased. Um, uh, and I think there's somebody else that died from the band also, but mm. they're still around. They just don't do a whole lot. Uh, anymore. I was say they're not putting out new music or anything. No, no. And, that and they're 99, essentially retired. <laughs> yeah. That 99 warp tour is probably one of, or it's probably the greatest, like concert I have been to. It was a great yeah. fucking day. It, and it was like, and what made that day so great is bands like fucking like Spring Hill Jack, like Slimer, Slimer these yeah. bands that you never would have ever hear from again. Uh, like playing their yeah. ass off. And it, doing was just the, great it was sets. definitely the side stage, like no name bands that were, yeah. were yeah. you know, really and, killing it. And we could have stuck around like Dr. Dre and Eminem played later, later in the day. We left before they took state, took the stage, but you know, there were some, definitely some big artists that played maybe, maybe actually you know but that might have been 2000 that they played but anyway we definitely left before like some of the big names hit the stage in 99 but right well it was those fair, smaller acts I you think and i made. both were suffering from sun poisoning yeah <laughs> we had spent the entire day before at cedar point outside yep. getting roasted and then and then getting getting the next getting thing. yeah so in 1999 uh warp tour was held in this gigantic parking lot and uh you know there was no shade anywhere and it was probably a high 90s day it was just no uh, not a cloud in the sky not a cloud in the sky and two pasty white guys getting fucking roasted outside yes so (laughs) and and sadly we had more hair then too yeah and it's and our my head still felt like it was set on fire i had a lot more hair back then yeah you did 
um yeah that was that was a fantastic show to to be at but i was sicker than shit for like yeah. two days afterwards yeah um, yeah that's uh I, unfortunately i was young then yeah. i was only i was 21 years old i was a kid yeah so. the uh war tours i think kind of went downhill after that after like 2004 2004 2005 and then they just their last one the last warp tour i think was 2018 i think was the last year that they did warp tour it was like the end of it and there was i thought about going but tickets were super fucking expensive and i really don't want to spend spend the day outside like that again but and you're an old fart now yeah i'm not a you know i'm not there's a bunch of those great like we are we were young festivals and things like that they just have great lineups but man i'm not i'm not a festival person like i'm not i've got zero interest especially if it's like a multiple day thing i've got really no interest in in going out and to be fair as much as i loved warp tour 99 other than a few big bands that we went to go really wanted to see warp tour 2000 wasn't as good no, it wasn't. Green you know, Day put on a great fucking set that Green year. Day, Less and Jake did great. Um, MXPX, MXPX was great. Yeah, we you got uh, what's his name's autograph. Yeah, I got the whole band's autograph, which I still have. That actually, the hat is sitting on the other side of my uh, my office. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, that was there was there were highlights to it, but it wasn't anywhere near as good no. as the, the other were dying. Yeah, I think what made that year ninety nine so great is like the theme that year was. I think it was punk rock summer camp, I think is what the theme was. So Which, you had these yeah. all these great young, hungry punk bands right. that were playing on the side stages. And they were just put on just incredible sets. Like I like I vividly remember watching Slimer play. Right. You know, and, it, and it was just fucking awesome. Yeah. And I remember like I had I had to go over to their booth and buy their CD and I still I still have their CD. And it was like on the inside of the the CD jacket. You know, the, it, it even says that the, you know, they apologize for sounding so much like Blink-182 and, you know, it was just, they had that kind of humor and that right. kind of humor really came through in their set. Songs, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause that was the group that was like, we're not playing again until we see some tits. And the guy lifted up his shirt and they're like, all right, we're good. <laughs> they're like, good enough. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I think they were the band that was singing about the, uh, Something like being down on the tree farm or something like that too. Yeah, it's like in referencing, yeah, they, were, they were goofy. It was it yeah, was they a were good show. It was a good show. Yeah, yeah. and Springfield Jack that, that that day was the same way too because they were. Yeah. I think it was they were just so damn drunk and dehydrated. <laughs> like, well, because because yeah. they were like drinking beer, but then they started like pounding water too. Yeah, because because it was super hot, and I think where they were where their stage was, there wasn't really a lot of shade on their stage yeah, either. Yeah. So. It was just a super hot day. At least like where the main stage was, they were all in a shaded area. But right, yeah. But uh, this isn't the vinyl den or the music. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, I talk. Uh, you you st- I start like down a a music rabbit hole. I will definitely go down that that rabbit okay. hole. We'll keep it um, simple. Streaming has not hurt the movie industry as much as music has hurt. Their streaming has hurt the music industry. Yeah. However. I do think that streaming potential has the potential to seriously hurt cinematic. Oh, absolutely! Cinema uh, attendance and yeah. has it has. You have to figure in pandemic issues too, because that yeah, that's ultimately what could have or could still 
completely axe the the cinema experience. Yeah. I think, but I think, I think like, it's coming back, but yeah, I think the pandemic also really kicked uh, streaming services into high gear. Also, right? Yeah, because it was the only way because everyone was home. This, yeah, and well, it was the only way they they were going to get these movies out. Um, even if it was at a loss, at least they could get them out to get some revenue back. Yeah, because you know they the loans they had they had to you know the overhead on those movies still has to get paid. The banks still call to get paid. Yes, so. exactly. So, <laughs> and you know, granted they they would still take a loss, but at least there was some some revenue coming in. Yeah. Um, as a rule, I don't think the studios really want streaming to take over. They want no. the cinema to stay to stay vibrant because. And That's I think you're really starting to see you've seen that with some of the with some of the deals that they've made with streaming services. Right. You know, about well, how the you big know, one is the the 40 was it 42 45, 45 days, I think 45 is what day. it is. Yeah. So as 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 far as that goes, and I think that's reasonable. Cause I mean, on a big movie, it was usually about 45 days, 40 to 60 days before DVD release anyway. Yeah. Which is yeah. essentially the same thing, just for old timers, you know. No. Well, not for old timers, because I remember when, like, when in the eighties, in the eighties, yeah, and, and and then you couldn't even buy the fucking movie. That's why movie rental well, places were so big. You could buy them, but they were eighty five dollars. Yeah, yeah eighty five to hundred bucks. Yeah, so. I think my I remember when Steel Magnolias came out. What was that like eighty eight or something like that? My mom loved that movie. And she went and bought it, and it was eighty five dollars. I remember, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god, you pay that much money? We just rent the damn thing, right?" Well, you know, if you had people you knew who had the copier, two, two VCRs or, yeah. or a way to copy them, you know. But they they were smart. Those copy guards on those um, they were they were hard to crack. Were, I don't think you could crack them. I I never. Oh yeah, because people because people bootlegged them. People bootlegged yeah, those usually, movies. But see what the what the copy guard would do is it would just dim the picture so that it was difficult to see everything. Yeah. So you could still dub it. It just would be a shitty copy. Yeah. You know, so, you know, cause I, I saw many bootlegs that were back in the late eighties, Yeah. you know, that were like that. So you could still but, do it. It's just, it was just garbage, you know? Yeah. Then they got smart and lowered the price of what, what movies cost. Yeah. Cause right. paying a hundred dollars for a movie. No one's, you know, very few people would do that, but right. You know, Absolutely. but that was, they, that was the case. So people would rent the movies instead. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the video rental industry was huge because of that. And yeah. like you said, the price came down on them. So people were, were co- collecting films. I know I was, I know you were, yeah. um, my, you know, I, I have family members who had, you know, bookshelves full of VHS. Yeah. You know, so I never had a bunch of, like, I didn't have a big movie collection until I started buying DVDs. Right. And like, but I didn't start buying DVDs until like 2002, maybe 2001, 2002, somewhere like early 2000s. Yeah. Like 2001, I think it was. Yeah. I remember I got my first DVD player through Finger Hut was the first oh, place, wow. which was like a online, like, or it's not online, but it was a, like a magazine mail order, uh, order catalog. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had my, and I, I probably, and, and I think I probably paid $400 for the fucking thing. Right. Well, I had my DVD player first before you, but not by much. Yeah. 
And it was I, it was me who kind of introduced you to it because we had Jason goes to hell on VHS and DVD, yeah. and we sat that one day and we watched them back to you know kind of preview them. You're like, yeah, okay, I see the difference. Yeah. But now if you if you put a DVD in and compare it to a Blu-ray, yeah, DVD looks like a fucking VHS. Yeah. Put a VHS and compare that to a Blu-ray. Yeah, you you might as well <laughs> you might as well have just broken the screen. <laughs> Because you can see about as much definition from yeah. the cracked screen as you know as you could with a VHS, but that but was think, a big thing, you know, yeah. it, was, it was. I guess when it's all you have, it's awesome. I think like the big thing that streaming has really done with movies is open up the opportunity for so many like up and coming movie makers, right? You know, because before they wouldn't have the opportunity, you know, to make a movie through one of these big, you know movie uh, movie companies right. you know but through streaming sure you know netflix or whoever will give them a a deal for to make a movie yeah let's toss it out there and see what it does what i think the the film industry should really consider doing first of all leave streaming to the to like series programming because that's i think that's where it's gonna that's where it's been thriving anyway uh binge watching shows you know, they, they got wise and started releasing everything weekly, which I fucking hate. Yeah. Because I'm a binger. I I, I don't want to watch one episode. So I, I, I'm I to the point now where it. I'll where I'll uh, I'll wait a few weeks. Yeah. Well, and some things I'm too fucking impatient for, so I yeah. have to watch them. I'm just I'm just so fucking busy that I'll just yeah. give it a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I can't. I it just it pisses me off. Netflix is still pretty good. I mean, for the most part. Their stuff still kind of drops all at once. Most of it. But everyone else, it's like, I get it. As a business model, that's it makes sense. As a consumer, it sucks. But yeah. So I mean, there, there's definitely it keeps the revenue strong there. So if you focus your energies on making content for streaming services, that is, you know, TV series. I, I don't want to degrade it because a lot of these series, these TV series, are as cinematic and sometimes even better than most movies. But absolutely. But you focus your series and stuff on your streaming services and and leave your films to the to the theater at least for 45 days. Then you get then then the streaming service gets in and everyone's happy. Yeah. And you can also use the streaming services for those movies that may or may not be good, but are just not marketable. Because let's face it, there's a lot of movies out there that like you were saying, the independent films by unknown people with unknown actors in them that could be fantastic, but they're not going to get the theatrical energy. You know, they're not going to get that people rushing out. They're not going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. You use your streaming platforms for those lesser known or lower budget films, so they can get some revenue from them. Get these artists to get some recognition because it's a lot easier for people to say, "Oh, I've already got Netflix. I'll just see what's on there. Oh, what's this?" and watch it. You know, well, it was a great movie. That's what I think they should do. I stop doing the the same day uh, release on streaming for your big tentpole movies, uh, and just leave it for your TV series and your, you know, your B movies or your lesser yeah. quality or not lesser quality, but your lesser strength films yeah and leave the big shit to the to the big to the theater because the theater yeah. need it and and i think as a society we still need that communal um experience for film yeah uh, i i just don't think that i mean to be completely honest though the you know big production companies they don't really give a shit 
They're going to they do, do whatever they yeah. they they're going to do whatever's going to make them the most amount of money. And at this well, point, and at this point, it's still it's still yeah. theatrical releases. Right. Yeah. But I think eventually we'll get to the point where that probably won't be the case. Yeah. Well, I I can't see them going to a pay per view situation on streaming. They've tried it. Yeah. And and you know you charge fifty dollars for you know a twenty four hour rental, but. Fifty dollars, but you've got ten of your family members or ten of your friends sitting there watching it. Yeah, you know that works out to two dollars a person, opposed to ten dollars a person. And well, and, if, you're, if it's fifty dollars, you've got ten people there. That's five dollars. What did I say? Two five dollars. Five dollars a person. I mean, so you're not getting the same revenue. Granted, the studio isn't getting all of the money from the theaters, but they're getting the majority of it. Just for the first two weeks. After that, yeah. they they get nothing, yeah. or it goes down to like a third. Yeah. Um. And if it's in the theater for more than three months, which big movies are, they're getting like you know five percent by the end yeah. of it. Yeah. Because um, the theaters have to get something out of it. Unless you're Disney, Disney can stretch that. Disney's the one of the few. Well, they, they, they've got the ability. They've got the power to to they've be able to do that. Do that. Yeah. So. But I, 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 I just can't see there being a, a lucrative. I don't see them doing billion dollar movies that way. I don't see. I don't think you not can not right the, now. But like I down the road though, I don't, I wouldn't rule that out. Like I said, they'd have to find some way to to maximize the revenue. Yeah, so that you could hit a billion dollars without people spending. You know, renting the movie for five for fifty bucks, and you know you know having a huge crowd of people come and watch it yeah. hell they they could turn themselves you have a big enough tv and a big enough space you can almost turn yourself into a movie theater yeah yeah you can the movie costs I mean, 50 I... bucks and you charge everyone seven bucks for the to, to come watch it that's less than a movie ticket right there and you know no it's more that's more than i pay for a movie well, tech, that's because you go ticket. to my that's because you go to matinees grandpa i do <laughs> it's not being a grandpa it's being a cheap ass it's being a grandpa. Grandpas go to matinees. And I know because I go to matinees too. I'm not a grandpa, <laughs> but I, I feel like one uh, as far as my age goes, or at least my physicality goes. He's an old bastard. I'm an old bastard. But yeah, until they can figure out a way to maximize that, I, and I can't, I mean, I'm granted, I'm not, it's not my, my forte. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. I don't yeah. want to figure it out, but I just don't see how they could do it. I really don't. The only way they could do it is if movies started, they found a way to be able to broadcast movies into a just a, like an Oculus. Yeah. You know, and get like a, a super duper cinematic experience out of it. But that would be kind of cool. Watch, I mean, but you could only watch it on one Oculus one time and it costs 50 bucks. I, and it, I wouldn't need, it wouldn't need to cost 50 bucks. I mean, they could do it, they could do it for 10 or $15. That's true, because then they're guaranteeing that only one person. Is yeah, that. exactly, exactly. So, and if you have multiple Oculuses in the house, you'd have to pay for each individual yeah. one to get the movie. And it also depends on like if they're if you're a, a movie studio and you have your own streaming service, you know, you're not having to split that revenue up either. Like right, you would, right. w- like you would if you're through a, a theater. The only thing you'd have to do is probably find there'd have to be some middleman in terms of the like provider of it, like an Amazon or or a Sony or a, a Xbox kind of a thing where it's there's some kind of a middleman, you know. There would, there would need to be. I mean, if you're uh, if you're movie movie studio X, 
You can just release yeah. your own streaming service. But that's what they that's HBO Max is essentially Warner Brothers streaming service. Yeah. Disney is their own streaming service. That's what I'm saying though, is if you're in, in that situation, you're not having to split up revenue. Right. Not, not, and it, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's lucrative enough now to right. do that. I'm just but saying potentially down the road. Lucrative is if you can only if you can verify guarantee that only one person is able to watch that rental. Yeah. So that multiple people have to rent it. Yeah. Um, and that would have to be through a, like some form of an Oculus type device. And right now, does is the PlayStation Oculus brand interchangeable with the Xbox one? Well, Oculus is a meta thing anyway, but right. But I mean, and and Oculus Oculus type device. I don't know what okay. they are. I don't know what they are. Well, but Oculus doesn't. Oculus doesn't need anything but the Oculus to run off of. Right. It doesn't have its own like um, place to purchase the games from. No, you do it right through the Oculus. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. then I mean, but I'm sure PlayStation will want in on it, and Xbox will want in on it, and Amazon yeah, sure. will want in it. They can have. Which, they can have their own. Their own store. Right. Yeah. You know, unless Warner Brothers wants to develop their own headset and then Paramount develops their own headset and then you have to have 10 headsets just to watch fucking movies. Who knows? I'm sure people 20 years ago would say, wait a second, you're going to get rid of your, you're going to stop paying for cable and then you're going to start paying for 17 other streaming services. That's going to cost more than your cable bill. I'm sure people 20 years ago probably say the same fucking thing about us dumbasses now that are paying all this money for streaming. I can I can go I can do you one better. I said that <laughs> 15 years ago and I said I'd never do it and here I am fucking doing it. <laughs> exactly. So who's to say, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now that all the damn production companies don't have their own, you know, single mm-hmm. service headset to to view their movies on. All I can say is I'm kind of glad I won't live that long. <laughs> Cuz movies and, and entertainment, I mean I'm a, I'm a, it is, I will, I'm a fanboy. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm a, that's I will say that one of the, one of the big things for me about seeing a movie in a movie theater is the, is the experience. Yeah. yeah, Is that, is that group? Yeah. Communal experience of it. I will say that when we got done watching, uh, uh, the, uh, Ant-Man three movie and people started clapping in the theater, I'm not shitting you. I turned to one of my kids and I was like, uh, they know no one's here that actually made the movie, right? Like, right. what are they clapping for? <laughs> well, when we went and saw it on, on opening day, that didn't happen. No. But there uh, were a lot less people. Yeah, I don't understand why people clap in movies. Like, the people that made the movie aren't here. Like, yeah. What are you clapping right. for? Who, yeah, who are you applauding? Who are, yeah. who are you? <laughs> you're applauding the screen is what yeah. you're applauding. Yeah, who are you signaling signaling your, your satisfaction to? <laughs> yourself yourself yeah. and the inanimate object that's in front of you i enjoyed that good good on me i good, enjoyed good that. good job good job <laughs> go me good job i pat myself on the back here yeah good me good, good job me yeah. <laughs> i don't know that's uh i guess we kind of we ran really long on this one right. but uh we're like uh, an hour long now but anyway uh any questions or comments you can email us at entnowpod at gmail.com check us out on facebook subscribe to us on youtube subscribe to us on spotify and apple and everywhere else you get your podcast from uh, i don't know what I mean. that's about it until next time talk to y'all later peace play my role let me tell you about it
This shit right here, man, I'm about about it. Only real niggas reside around me. Yo, lady, drop a card around me. Dip like I know you can, bitch. Show me the rust like we in the ring. Got you two cobras, you wanna hang? Shoulder to shoulder, the niggas basic. You know I won't lie. You know that I ain't for that fuck shit. You niggas alright, but I'm way better and she love it. Know that y'all sick as fuck. Here go this tissue, bro. We taking the dub, hoping you get you some. This here like a pick me up. She taking my drugs. Know they see the sign. That's some dollar sign. Know they sick as fuck. Know they sick as fuck. Tell them get well soon. Tell them get well soon. Know you sick as fuck. Get well soon. Oh shit, watch out, you the god, Billy. Oh shit.